Hello and welcome to Mind and Money Show, where we talk all things mindset, money management and our entrepreneurial journey. Along the way, we're going to throw in some amazing guests for good measure. I'm Shane Highland. I'm Gareth Shears. This show is going to change your life and teach you skills that school never taught you. Boom. Do you know what we were chatting about last week? Uh, <laughs> You're going to throw it in now, are you? Yeah. Greta. I can't say. Tum, what tum, if this doesn't tumber. go in order? Of course it's going to go out in order. See, I'll make sure it doesn't now. <laughs> Greta Thunberg. Tum, tum. That's the lady, the young lady we were chatting about, and she's not going to be happy with our podcast. So, um, Greta, if you do um, DM us, oh, sorry, but um, talking about fossil fuel last week and having our rant. We're being controversial again, were we? Yeah. Um, but not uncalled for controversial. Or called for. Talking about controversial. Oh, dun, dun, duh. which which Mr. one? Which Mr. one do you want to start Mr. with, Lewis, Mr. Lewis again? Oh, Mr. Lewis. So we're starting with him, are we? Oh yeah. I didn't. I didn't actually see the show, but I read quite a bit on it. Um, again, giving mortgage advice. Yeah, this was last. This was two two weeks ago. It was on. Okay. I think on. It's usually ITV or something on a. Is it his money show or is whatever eight o'clock or I don't watch it. I, 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 I genuinely like. I, I know he's done some good things, but he sways into regulated advice when he's not regulated. Has never had a qualification in our field. I'm actually not even sure what he's actually qualified in. If I'm brutally honest, do you want to be qualified in anything to be an expert? You just threw it once. Well, yeah, you just need to know one percent more than somebody else. But but we're in a heavily regulated industry, and he's talking about mortgages and terminologies and a lot of these things are kind of incorrect. But I think it just comes back to, with that type of thing, and we'll talk a bit more about that in a second, is that you you don't go to your doctor who says, I think you need to go and see a specialist for a knee surgeon, and you go, I make down the pubs a plumber. Yeah, yeah. He, he's watched a few YouTube videos how you do a knee, a knee reconstruction. He's going to sort it for me. Yeah. You don't do that. Yeah. There should be no difference in finance. You know I mean, you're not going to go, you make down the pub and might say, oh, I've taken this great five-year fixed uh, in the current climate. Well, actually, is that right for you? You know, there are other options. There are trackers. And, and this is what people don't realize. The, the tracker rates at the moment are a lot less than the fixed rates, but it might not be relevant to you. When I talk about trackers, it basically tracks the Bank of England base rate, so it's a certain percentage above it. Um, we saw a lot of these pre-2008 crash where... Um, people have some great deals on those and it's not for everyone but you need to consider all your options but but mine Lewis got his terminologies right wrong not right got his terminologies wrong and was actually once again giving advice yeah and yeah. I think that and, that and that's the problem I know he's trying to help but he did I saw I saw that I was I was basically I don't know I was probably chopping cucumbers or something more important um, while it was on telly and I did notice, and this is where you'll know more than me, be the mortgage um, expert in the in the the office here. I think he had a lady on, and I'm going to say the Society of Mortgage Lenders or something like that. I, I don't know so. what the exact the term, but he said, he, I've got a professional in, in the audience here, and he did ask this lady, and she came up with um, a few answers. Now, in fairness to her, um, no disrespect, I don't know you, um, she did look like a, a rabbit in a headlight. You know, put somebody on there that doesn't feel as awkward, uncomfortable on there. But you said maybe some of the information that she gave wasn't well, fully that, well, accurate as well. Well, that's what I've been told. Now, 
the, the problem is, is the likes of Martin will bring on experts in a field. And we see this all the time. So there's a lot of experts in financial services who work within financial services, but have never, ever advised the client. Okay. And there's a lot of people on YouTube about this, and this is what we see a lot of, is that they will say, I'm a qualified financial advisor, or I'm a chartered financial planner, but actually never advise a client. I actually don't advise clients anymore. But they can still use their title to say that they are. Now, the lay person who's watching this is going to think, that's okay, they're a financial advisor. The the big one is that qualified financial advisor. There's a lot that use that. that. You know, I can be a qualified but dentist, but, uh, you know, you have to probably go through the, 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 you can do the theory, but you have to do the, yeah, exactly. the practical, the practical. And, yeah. that's, and that's the problem. I think that's where there's the kind of gray area is that there's a lot of people out there on the internet, on social media who are qualified in a particular field. But I have zero experience yeah. or, or you know, there's guys out there we know are running courses for financial advisors. There's a couple actually who've never been a financial advisor. Okay, yeah, and they've learned it all from book. But there's also some who haven't been financial advised for 10, 15 years. The industry has come on hugely since then, okay? And yeah, okay, you might be teaching some business skills and business acumen, which actually you don't need to know up to date what's going on. But you need to know the regulatory issues that we all face in what we kind of do day to day. That's, that's one of the biggest things we That's have. why we're tasked with CPD on an annual basis yeah, to keep exactly. our knowledge up to date. Yeah, yeah. Rather than and we do this day to day. We see real live clients every single day. We deal with live cases. We still are and have been. You know, between us we've done over thirty years experience of actually advising clients. Thirty years. Do you know what I mean? So we we I'd like to think we kind both, of know what we do. We started when we were ten. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> exactly. But 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 this is this is one of my big bugbears is that this qualified financial advisor and qualified in this and qualified he might be qualified you know there, there is there is someone out there that I've seen on YouTube and on other social media who who talks about being a financial advisor and having diploma level qualification which is the minimum standard you require in uh, the UK to advise clients under the FCA which is our financial conduct authority regulators. Um, Drains us every every year of money. For yeah, we won't get into that. Well, we'll get into that. No, we'll keep that topic for another week. Hi guys, quick break from our episode. Just to let you know that we have released our mortgage course for free for a limited period of time. There is so much false information out there at the moment that is creating panic, stress and worry for everyone. We all know how difficult it is when you're trying to get your first mortgage or that new deal. Click on the link in the description below and get started and use our years of experience to help you through these troubled times. You talk all day about that. Um, yeah, they say they're qualified, but if you actually look at their credentials, they used to work for a bank. They might have advised some clients in the bank, but they've never advised clients in the current climate, in the current yeah. arena. You know, you know, we we both hold a charter title, which is the pinnacle of our industry. Okay, 
And I call it industry because it's still not class a profession like doctors, dentists, accountants, solicitors and all that, you know, even though we hold very high qualifications. And you can check these people if you go onto the FCA register yeah, and type in the their, register, name, their name and then you'll see if they're, if they're um, authorized active or not. Or, or not. Mm. Authorized, yeah. not, not authorized. Yeah, and, and there's quite a lot that are not authorized, were in the past, realized in. And the big thing is the 2012 year. You know, we're coming up to 10 years now. Anything before 2012, so from kind of 2011 backwards, you, you could be, um, and I had it, it was the industry um, entry level, it was the FPC, Financial Planning Certificates. Three, three qualifications. I'd done oh, them in all 2003, 2004 I'd done them. Yeah, um, yeah. But that was the minimum. And then th- there was the big uproar in, in 2010 or tw- 2009 where they said we're going to we're going to raise the minimum standard and 2012 was the 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 end date there was no grandfathering but so many people oh you can get away with if you had some sort of um illness or injury you can get away with another 18 but But the amount of people that basically left sharks at that time they just left because they couldn't they couldn't Mm. do the qualifications and and you know that's the the minimum standard now and and even even at that it's too low a level the bar needs to go up a bit further, just so we can all kind of be held in yeah, a higher gotta, level. I've got to wonder whether the, the chartered side will will ever become the minimum standard. So I, I, I sit on our um, the PFS, which is our what are they? Our well, I said regulated body, like a regulated. No, um, well, they are like a body, aren't they? A body, yeah. A governing professional, body, a professional, go, professional, professional body. governing body. So one of the professional bodies. There's, there's only a handful of them in the UK. Um, so I sit on the the kind of South Wales committee as the charter champion um, to try and kind of promote being chartered. Um, I sit on the CISI one, just being a pain in their arse. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but no, it, but it, 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 it is a kind of issue and it's something that it really does kind of ir- irritate me. Is it? But it all just comes back to if you... If you need advice around finances and financial services, go and see a professional who is regulated, actually works with clients, and actually understands the pain point you're going with, whatever that might be. You know, especially with the the mortgage market is absolute carnage out there. You know, we still do a lot of mortgages here, um, along with our kind of financial planning business. Mortgages but, are crazy at the moment. I'm, I'm oh, listening to the guys in the office just over there, mm. and. You will know more so that you know you could probably had a deal for three days a week on the table. It might even be there for two weeks. Now it's probably gone within a matter of hours. You know, and and people are just not knowing yeah. what is there. Yeah. You come in in the morning and kind of go, what is there today? It's it's a scary yeah, it time, it and it doesn't help with Mister Lewis maybe using the you know confusing he, issues and using incorrect terms. He is a people's champion. He's got rewarded. He's got. Uh, he's upgraded his, is it an OBE to a CBE recently or something like that? So he's been recognised as somebody that champions the people. Yeah. And he's doing really, really good things in terms of the energy stuff. And he knows, he's nailed that. He knows the exact stuff on that. But you can't be um, a jack of all trades. Okay, well, you can be a jack of all trades, but a master of none. Yeah, well, exactly. But that's the danger. Stick to a few it? little but things. People do listen to him and you know people will be making the wrong decision off the back of what he's saying. Yeah, because they're trying to do it themselves. Now is the time you need to use a broker. There's a lot of people out there have said, don't. but actually in fairness, he did say that. Yeah, He was like, you do need to go and find a broker. That's one thing he does say, um, which kind of goes against some of the other things he says normally. Here's one for you. What's your thoughts then on, when someone isn't qualified, 
third level educational institutes running courses or degrees or whatever they're called for business owners stroke entrepreneurs. Dun, dun, dun. If we've got enough time. No, we haven't. We've got about that. 10 minutes. We've got enough time for you to go into that one. Um, um, okay, so I've got two thoughts on it. I think a little bit like Martin, they're trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So they're trying to encourage people to become business owners, entrepreneurs. But no offence to lecturers, if you've been in academia all your life, and you were going to be teaching a course around entrepreneurship and running a business without actually ever running a business, that's fraught with danger. Absolutely. Because running a bit like we are, we've been collectively running businesses probably for well over 30 odd years now. Um, because I've been in financial services 15, you've been 17, 18 years in financial mm-hmm. services, okay. self employed. Yeah, yeah. Um, prior to that, I've had property companies. I've gone on. I've had online retail companies which I've built and sold. Running a business is hard, yeah. And I don't think you can just learn it from a book. You know, don't get me wrong. It's some of these courses I kind of hope and probably will bring in some local entrepreneurs to kind of do some of the lectures. But I don't think. I don't think you can teach entrepreneurship in the way that they're trying to teach it. It is difficult because you're learning on the job. It's almost an apprenticeship. You're learning on the job. You're guaranteed you have to make mistakes um, because you're you're trying new things, which is different to just an employed role. You're trying new things and sometimes they will succeed and sometimes they won't. And even if they do succeed... They may not be to the level or the standard that you were expecting. So no matter what you do as an entrepreneur, you almost have to take a... um, a, And this is maybe where the academic thing comes in is you try something, you take a step back, you review it um, against a benchmark that you were expecting, i.e. I wanted to make X amount of widgets for a pound and sell them a thousand of them. You take a step back and go, do you know what? It cost me 120 to sell. I only sold 800. What was... What was incorrect? Was my marketing wrong? Was my 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 cost? So you you when you review it, it might not be a failure, but it mightn't have been a success. And not not every yeah, yeah. success is the best thing to happen. But not a, and sometimes failure is actually a good thing because you learn more from yeah. it. So yeah. and the big thing is being an entrepreneur. I think there's two things it costs you. Um, I suppose lack of sleep is, uh, can be a third one at times but it costs you time and it costs you money <laughs> and as you rightly said if you're an academic and you've been to primary, secondary, uh, third level education then go working in third level education at the end of every month at the beginning of every month there's a little ping and that is your phone going your salary has been paid into it and then there's another ping straight after that to go bing your final salary pension, your guaranteed income. Um, it, when you stop working, we're going to give you. They're there, so you don't have any of that financial worry. Yes. Whereas when you are an entrepreneur, there are times when you go, "This is going to cost me X a thousand pounds." Yeah. Can I do this? Is, what What's the the out the the successful outcome is going mm. to be? X amount of sales leads generated. Yeah. The negative outcome is I'm going to have a big debt against me, or my family, or my house. I'm personally guaranteeing it. 
how does that sit on me? What happens if I'm going to if this does not if this is not successful? Have I done uh, my re- correct research on the market? And the amount of things that go through your mind, and there will be some months where, as a business owner, you will make a shed load of money, and you're not the best in the world. And there'll be months, some months where you may actually not make any money, and your outgoings are bigger than yeah. your incomings, but you're not a, fa- a failure. And people don't grasp that. And then the tax man has to be paid every 12 months, personal or, or business, and they don't have that money yeah, to set VAT, aside. VAT every quarter. And, so there's so many things that businesses are running a motion, and it's, it's very difficult in an academic setting yeah. to teach the understanding of emotion. Yeah. And I, like, I think the only way you can really teach it is teaching on the job but that's when you need to employ a proper coach a business coach yeah. who has a system and a process they're not coming into so much tell you how to run a bit but just to get your structure right you know to ensure that from the outset you're fully aligned you know how the profit and loss side of things work because the problem is and, and when when i started out in business 15 years ago um i straight away thought right what funding's out there to get me some help? So I went and saw a business advisor, okay, in um, Cardiff. And the first thing he said to me was, I think you're crazy starting your own business in the middle of a credit crunch. That's not what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Okay. Um, he had no previous business acumen. He was employed as a business development manager for them. Um, and... He didn't understand business and understanding what I wanted to do. So he was actually of no use to me, okay? Then I moved on to somebody else who was like, right, before you get into anything, you need to write your business plan. You need to do your forecasting and all that rubbish, right? Okay? Now, I get that, right? Business planning, forecasting, all that. I kind of get that. It's what the banks love to talk about, okay? But unless you're going for high-level funding, yeah, yeah, you just need to get yourself out there and start selling. Because that's what business is, right? And this rubbish about you can plan all you like. You can spend three to four months planning what you're going to sell, right? But you know that product's going to sell unless you get out there and try and sell it, yeah? Yeah. As Daniel Priestley says, sharpening the market, knowing the mind. you got to write this time because okay. I got it wrong two weeks yeah. ago. <laughs> but, but, but it's very true. Like, yeah. you, know, you know, like we're, we're big fans of Daniel Priestley. We've been on his kind of course, the key person of influence course. And, and it makes sense. Now, he is coming from a position of he is an entrepreneur. He's been there. He's done it. He's had the sleepless nights. You know, he, he's been at that point where he hasn't had a penny at the end of the month and has still had to pay staff and so on and so forth, which is what you can't teach that unless you've done it, okay? But but a lot of these courses out there, and some are very good, but some are not so good, all comes down to they're following the process of a book and a book that's probably written by someone who's not an entrepreneur. If you're going to read a book, you read a book written by Daniel Priest. You read a book written by Rob Moore. I mean, you, you read books by people who have actually been there and done it, okay, and are champions for the entrepreneur, for the business owner. And actually, to, and, and the real entrepreneur, right, is not someone who's just set up a business selling their service as a plumber or financial advisor you've got to be multifaceted you've got to have done other businesses you've got to have other avenues you kind of probably various sources of income coming through before you can really call yourself an entrepreneur genuinely you're, you're real entrepreneurs you're alan sugars and you're um uh, who's the virgin boss can't step so sir richard branson sir richard branson Do you know i mean they, yeah these you know peter jones from the dragons then you know they, they are real entrepreneurs do you know what I mean 
You know, actually, I, I go as far to say that actually, I wouldn't classify um, you know, like Sir Stephen Barlow as an entrepreneur when he originally sold his business because he just had one business and that's what he built. He was a successful business owner. Now he's going into the entrepreneurship because he does other things and has other sources of income. You know, he has a podcast which makes him money. You know, he, he has investments in other industry makes him money. Now I'd say he is really pushing entrepreneurship. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's only when you start potentially that's losing my own money. Um, or, sorry, losing and having all the emotions to deal with yeah. is the true entrepreneur. And, then, you know, I, I'm reading, re- back reading again Fergus Connolly's 59 Lessons, and he's talking about the time when he was with Wales, and he's talking about one of the greatest kickers, your lot, Neil Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Neil's just... You know, practice, 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 kicking all the time. But it's all good and well practicing in the veil when it's dead. When you're practicing, uh, sorry, when it's real life and it's in front of 65, 75, 85,000 people when something happens. A bit like um, England, recent European Championships. All of these guys have been paid 100, 200, 300,000 pounds yeah. per week. They are the best of the best. Yes. But until they face that situation, i.e. they're in a cauldron where emotions takes over, worry, anxiousness, um, and all that, they can miss a penalty. It's only 12 yeah. yards. It's 12 yards. It's a massive goal. How can you miss a penalty? Yeah. I took, took them in um, big tournaments back in Ireland, um, amateur stuff, and I was lucky enough. I just took it. Maybe maybe I'm just emotionless. But when you're stood there, everything changes. And it's the same as a, as a, as a business owner. We said earlier, when you're having to make that decision, do I click yes and pay to spend all that money on advertisement or a new product? Yeah. It's scary. And it, going back to the original, you can't teach that in a uni environment because that person has never had to decide, am I, go, am I going to eat this month? Yeah. Or am I gambling my, my family's mortgage for the next six or seven months on this? Mm. If it's a success, my children are made for life maybe, but if they're not, we're homeless. And you can't teach that. And, and entrepreneurs, I know that's very exaggerated. No, but true. That's kind of what it is. You're, you're making those type of decisions, whether they be big or small, every day. You know, you're having to decide, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. stationary. Do I buy in bulk or not? Do I get a discount? What technology yeah. do I use? What office do oh, I yeah. have? It, yeah. There's so many yeah, decisions that, that are made yeah, every that. day. And you have to, in some way, take any sort of emotional attachment out of it exactly, because yeah. it's so, so difficult. And maybe that's something that isn't taught within the confines of a uni. You can all talk about business planning and accountancy and strategizing yes. and all that. But it's it's the it's the emotional side. Yeah, because I, I, I was looking there on my phone because the podcast I listened to the other day was Rob Moore did with Alfie Best, who's um, uh, a billionaire. Uh, and he talked about that. He said, when I'm in, I'm all in. And what he says is, I'm putting everything on the line, even the shirt on my back's on the line. And there's not many people that will do that. No. It's easier to go, you know, half, half on black, half on red. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. one will come off and you make a small bit yeah, of profit. Yeah, yeah. But entrepreneurial journeys yeah. are not like that. Yeah. And you hear so many success and overnight success, but... They're not overnight success. Well, he talks. He talks about one deal. I think on there. I might not get the things exactly right, but he talks about um, he bought a plot of land. I think it was a five million because he, he he has like caravan parks. Yeah. Okay. Um, plus other things. He's in, he's kind of stuff. Um, it's a really good podcast actually. But he said though his big success was he bought that for five million, turned it sold it for hundred million. 
or value, got valued at 100 million. So that, like, but but he was all in on that. Yeah. He was like, you know, I put everything on the line. Every penny I had went into funding that um, project. And if it didn't come off, do you know what I mean? But it came off. But I think entrepreneurs take calculated risk as well. Don't get me wrong, there are some out there who yeah. don't take any calculated risk and just take risk. Can we caveat all this? Because we're in the financial services sector, we have so much regulation. Everything that we do, it's not risk, it's calculated because we have to have um, minimum um, X amount of cash in the in the bank to, to cover anything that does happen. Yeah, and, but we don't do anything. And we have a, a business resilience um, uh, report we have to do every, seems every six weeks now and half yearly reports to the FCA and all of that sort of stuff. So financial services. I love to know what they're doing with that information. That's another, that's another podcast. Absolutely nothing. Um, but yeah, but yeah. So I, I just, I, I'm not getting down on like kind of university courses, but I, I, I do have my own thoughts on university. I don't think it's for everyone unless you really are doing a vocation. Because I think doing a course like a university course of entrepreneurship is rubbish. I, I'll be honest. I, I just don't think the university can teach that. I think you've just got to get out there, you know, either try and shadow a, a good business owner who kind of will work with you. Or start your own business up and get yourself a bloody good coach. Do you know I mean that's where you need to invest your money? Someone who can guide you to where you want to go and get you on the right track. Because it's a bloody lonely place. And we're quite lucky because there's the two of us. But you know it can be a lonely place. And business owners we speak to say it's a very lonely place being a business owner. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed this episode, then please subscribe and remember to follow us on social media for more content like this.